Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey there, good morning. It's Lisa from A Day in Our Shoes and Don't IEP Alone. Welcome to today's podcast. Today you just get me. Um, I have, my son has a pending surgery. It's coming up shortly. And... I'm trying to get as many things done as I can before we're in the hospital and then home recovering. But I've had to, I know I hate to keep making excuses, but gosh, this is just, it's just a life, you know, when um, you have a child with complex medical needs that um, health and medical issues and appointments take precedence over life. Um, But anyway, he has a pending surgery, so I've had to cancel some podcast interviews and then the hospital called and they rescheduled it for a week later so I had to reschedule all of those and do that and I'm just trying to get as much published and scheduled so that I can take some time off to be with him Um, but hopefully you are enjoying the interviews that are up there I'm enjoying doing them and I have a lot of great things lined up as a reminder There is a Don't IEP Alone, A Day in Our Shoes Facebook page. There is a Facebook group. Of course, you've already found the podcast. And if you haven't checked it out, please go to adayinourshoes.com backslash store and check out the IEP planner. I am working on that as well as an online course to help parents better understand the IEP process. And um, a couple of other announcements. The first Saturday in April, I will be in, I want to say it's the Scranton area. Um, It's the Arc of Northeastern PA. I'm going to be doing a workshop for them on April 4th. So if you live in Northeastern PA, um, contact Mandy at the Arc of Northeastern PA and you can go ahead and see about that. And then exciting enough, the first, the month after that, the first weekend in May, I will be in Des Moines and the Iowa Parent Training Center is having a conference and that Saturday I will be at the, I guess it's the Iowa State Fairgrounds in Des Moines. So you can contact, if you live in Iowa or one of the neighboring states, um, You know, I know it's only a three-hour ride from Missouri, or from Kansas City, I should say. There are actually parts of Missouri that are even closer. Um, But I know that that there are other places that it's available. So anyway, or any, not available, sorry. It's Monday here. I know that this won't publish on a Monday, but, and I didn't even stay up late to watch the Super Bowl. Anyway, 
so that that's that. Des Moines, Northeastern Pennsylvania, hope to see you there. Um, today I want to talk about something that kind of overlaps with two blog posts that I've already done and something that I nag you all about all the time. And I love my job. I love working with families. I love getting messages from you guys who are like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I felt so empowered about, um, you know, going to my IEP meeting and, you know, for the first time ever, my school did this and they did that. I, I truly love that stuff. One of the things I dislike most about my job is that often I have to be the reality check or the wet blanket for parents. And bursting someone's bubble is not fun. It it sucks. It just sucks when, when I have to do that. Um, and a lot of times that comes with just experience or it comes with when parents get evaluation results and they don't fully understand them. And if I help them understand exactly where their child is, according to these evals, um, it's, it's like a sucker punch sometimes to realize how far behind your child is. So the reason I'm saying that is because I have to be the wet blanket today for someone and and if that it's someone in the Facebook group and if they recognize their scenario I'm really really sorry I hate being the wet blanket I truly do but in all things I do I say what's best for the child right and what's best for the child is that the truth is known and right I mean you have to know the truth you have to know um what you're dealing with. As Dr. Phil says, um, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So I'm here to throw that bucket of ice water over your head right now. And by the time this publishes, it might be, it might be past that. I didn't want to put it on the thread because it just seemed like a really crappy thing to do. So here's the thing. Someone in the Facebook group posted that they were thrilled because their child has dyslexia and so far this school year, and mind you, we're in, you know, February, so far this school year, um, the child has moved up four levels in reading. And honestly, like when I saw it, I just like, ugh. Like my shoulders just sagged and I thought, it's not true. It's just not true. Um, and again, I don't, I don't, as always, I, I never know, I never try to assume intent. I don't know why the school told her this. I don't know if the four reading levels, <clears throat> excuse me is just one small piece of the puzzle. I don't know if the school truly feels that he has improved for reading levels. They don't know any better. You know, and I don't, again, she didn't say who told her this, if it was a reading specialist or whatever. Um, but here's the thing. I have a child who is not disabled does not have an IEP or 504. And in fact, he is in the advanced placement 
sections for both LA and math in his in his grade. And I say that not to brag, it just it's just who he is. He's very he's very good at this. And it is very unlikely that even someone like him or someone who is gifted, it is very unlikely that they are going to make that kind of progress in one, not even one school year. I mean, we're talking about September to February. So four or five months. It's not, it's just not likely that a child is going to advance, a child with dyslexia is going to advance one level a month. Right? I mean, if that was really happening in that school, like, wouldn't that be making like the national news that this school can take these kids who are years behind and turn it around for them in, in under six months? You know, it, the old, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So I reached out and, and I said to Michelle, who helped me admin the group, and I said, is it wrong that I, you know, I'm just, what did I say to her? Let me look it up because I texted her. Um, I said, is it wrong that I think she's being lied to? Because, And honestly, this is not the first time that I've had scenarios similar to this happen with kids, um, particularly those in like the middle schoolish tweenish age. Cause that's when you, that's when, um, gaps really start to widen. And another mom one time had this, you know, kid had an incredible gap between him, himself and his age peers in reading Mom started pushing back, pushing back, got a neuropsych, pushing back. Um, all of a sudden, he was student of the month. And I didn't say anything. I let it go. I just thought, you know, she's so happy. They've struggled for so long. And, you know, this was a little win for him, but... I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be student of the month. I just find it incredulous that as soon as mom starts pushing back and gets a neuropsych that details what the child's actual deficits are and how big the gap is, all of a sudden his academics are so extraordinary that he qualifies for student of the month, right? because he couldn't read or write anywhere near the level of his peers. And I'm not saying that you don't make our kids student of the month based upon their disabilities, because otherwise then kids with disabilities wouldn't, you know, a lot of times never have, never received student of the month. It was just, it just wasn't true. It was something to pacify mom. And it worked. She backed off. Oh, we must be doing well. So if someone is dyslexic, you have to look at the basic skills. And when you're talking about moving across levels, you have to make sure that you're comparing apples to apples. As Michelle said, you have to compare fluency to fluency and then comprehension level to comprehension level. 
If basic skills are still in deficit, it's not true progress. Even if a child passes a comprehension test for a higher level. Okay, we have the science. There's a whole movement out there right now. Whether it's the decoding dyslexia or everyone reads movement, but there's a whole movement out there. We know what it takes to have these kids read. Why we're not applying it is just mind boggling. But we know what these kids need and we know what works to have kids learn to read if they struggle with reading. Just making up random stuff and giving them a fluency test one year and a comprehension test another year, it just, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. A child can pass these standardized tests. A child can pass them and still not be able to read. Okay. So anyway, that's my wet blanket moment for the time being. Um, what my, what is my point here? I don't know. Do I have a point other than you know, my same old, same old lecture of you have to engage in the process. You have to question everything, everything. You need to make sure what your kids' baselines are in all of your areas of concern and what their progress is from the baselines. And year to year to year, you need to make sure that the same thing is being evaluated. I just, my heart hurts for that kid who mom's been told, oh, he's, he's progressed four levels so far this year. I bet you that kid is so stressed out because he's so far behind his peers. He didn't advance four levels. He didn't. It's just... Uh, I hope, you know, I, I, there's nothing more than for me to want that to be true, that if he was, you know, say four grade levels behind his peers in reading ability, there's nothing more that I want for that child than for that gap to close. But it's just not likely that in one half of a school year, they close the gap. So anyway, um, question everything, engage, 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 have to stay on top of this stuff. I know it's exhausting. I do it myself. Um, you know, I'm a parent too, and not everything is always peachy keen with my IEP team or my school, right? We disagree. So, um, all right, that's all I really had for today. Enjoy the rest of your day. 
Um, If you enjoy my podcast, please leave me a review wherever you listen to it. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.